Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have back in the studio, Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome. Thank you, Will. Yes, good to have you back. Uh, So, Mike, we're down to the last few chapters of our sermon series in the life of Joseph. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the course of the next couple of chapters, we're going to read about the account of uh, his father's death, um, Jacob. Uh, This past Sunday, we spent some time looking at chapter 48, and he drew out a a number of points, kind of centered around parenting. And I don't know if you meant it or not, but obviously this is a big week for parents. Uh, as a lot of kids go back to school, mm-hmm. um, they start into, you know, new schools, middle school, high school, or maybe people are dropping kids off at, at college. Or actually a couple of your kids are starting to teach as well, um, which is really exciting. But um, you've experienced this actually from the you know lens of a parent, uh, but also as a student and I'm slightly reluctant to ask you about the student thing because that was so far, so long ago, right? Uh, that you were. <laughs> I, I, I didn't it's know whether you were. It's been a year were. or two, well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you would remember. Uh, I'm just kidding, just kidding. Um, mm-hmm. No, but seriously though, would you have you know kind of any anything just to to say to to parents, to students alike as they as they step into this this fall season? You know, one of the things that come to my, to my mind right away is the recognition. Um, this is annual. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I've lived through a few of these, as you mentioned, yes, the falls yes. and getting back into school. One of the things that I just see from a big picture standpoint, maybe a cultural value, cultural truth standpoint, educating our youth is necessary and important. Mm. It's a big deal that involves a lot of things within our culture. And what's being said there, maybe underneath that, is Kids don't just drift in to learning algebra. Right. right fair. Mm-hmm. They, they need help. They need guidance. They need instruction. And I think that speaks really into our calling as parents, grandparents, family members with kids, is there's a need to be able to have intentionality in terms of teaching and training kids. That is true when you come to disciplines, academic disciplines. Mm. It's the same thing when it comes to spiritual disciplines. And if your your kids are going to be involved in public school, the reality is, well, the spiritual training comes on the parents. Right. So my encouragement as this time comes around is to recognize, yep, everything in our culture is pointing toward kids need training, they need guiding, they need developing. One of my God-given roles is to do that in terms of helping them understand what it means to follow Jesus. So I encourage everybody to be thinking about what's our spiritual education plan? How are mm-hmm. we doing that as a it's family good. this this season? We we tended, we always have like kind of three big points for that is we were bringing kids up saying we want them to know what it means to follow Jesus. One of the big ones Church, non-negotiable. Yeah, our mm. kids were involved in different things, but we were like, we're going to make sure, not because they're going to get a life-changing insight every week, 
But we want them to understand being a part and identifying with a, a local body of followers of Jesus is central to who we are. That's mm. a part of our, our, our DNA and our rhythm as followers of Jesus. Another one, we'd come up with plans. How are they going to be involved uh, this right. year? It's not just sitting in a service. So whether it was Ridge Kids, whether it was involved in youth, as they got into their teenage years, we also talked about, well, serving. Mm. Um, all of our kids found a way to be able to serve. One of them was in a welcome team. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of them did it mostly through Ridge Kids, Fuse. They just found a ministry every season to say, well, church is giving, not just getting. And then the family Bible study would probably be the three, kind of the third big rock there is finding a way that our kids are in the Bible, listening and developing the ability to hear God through the Bible on their own. Oh, that's really good. I, I was A similar word was coming to mind for me as I thought about this question, actually, of intentionality. Um, generally the fall, you know, it, it's just that time of the you were up sports and they start back up again and you've got school stuff starting back up. Maybe they have other activities are going on, even apart from sports outside of dance or whatever it might be. And, you know, your schedules can really kind of start to fill up. It's almost like this water just starting to come in mm-hmm. at you from all sides. And um, I think putting boundaries up is really important i mean it's the only way to contain water is to put those boundaries up and so um bridget and i've been thinking about that in terms of really being intentional with the time in our week in terms of okay we know there's some legitimate things that have to happen but we want to um yeah we want to make sure that we're still in control and we're making those decisions Mm -hmm. as to what we're doing as a family as individuals and what we're not doing and um, and again, those kind of decisions, as, as as you've just said, really just come from your values, you know, as a family. Like, where do we want our kids to grow and where do we want to grow as a family? So um, that's a helpful word for me as, I, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about that intentionality. Yeah, and, and I hear you prioritizing. Um, there's endless opportunities to be able to get involved with. And at some point, which ones are the most important? Right. Um, it's not saying that these are bad, these just maybe aren't as high of a priority as others. And if you don't make those decisions intentionally, well, they get made unintentionally. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, one commandment you highlighted in, in your sermon, um, maybe people had heard it before, you know, honor your father and mother. And as I was thinking on this, just thinking that, you know, obviously for some people, it's a really challenging commandment um, because of their experience uh, or their past experience. Maybe their their parents have passed on, but... It just wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't healthy, and their parents fell short of what God intends for, for that role. And so, how do people go about obeying this this command? Then honoring your father and mother, in in that kind of experience. Yeah, it's one. I was. I hadn't seen that in this passage before. Um, that was kind of a new insight to me. And you look at the the passage with this in Genesis and Joseph. We, we've been walking with him through a good chunk of his life. He, he's now at a point where he's got a lot of respect. He's got a lot of prestige. He's the vice president of Egypt. Dad comes. And the picture that we get when dad comes, he bows in front of his dad. Mm-hmm. Bows to him. And, and that, that, I think, is really quite remarkable. And it does, to me, bring me back to this honor your father and mother. Did Jacob, dad make mistakes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we've seen a lot of the mistakes that he's made uh, throughout his life. A big one is what he, how he was 
dealing with the sibling issues, the sibling rivalry, letting um, things go, not calling them out. He, he made a lot of a lot of bad decisions as a parent, but here's Jake, Joseph, and he's honoring his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we see that. And what does that look like? I think honoring, you know, mom and dad looks different based on what age you are as parents with little kids. You know, you probably like this command in the Bible, right? Hey kids, honor your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Hey, pull that one out every right, once right. in a while. Uh, it's when you're in that age, honoring your mom and dad has a lot to do with respect and listening and trusting and obeying. As you get older, I think that the the nuances of the commandment are a little bit different. Um, and probably when this was initially um, put out there by the Lord, it had more to do with older parents uh, mm. than younger parents. And the concept is don't abandon them mm-hmm. um, as you grow in strength and knowledge, and maybe as people get older, you don't have as much. Parent. Kids are supposed to be able to stay connected to parents and to be able to find ways. How can I help? How can I be a blessing? Don't just forget them. Something that was really unique here that I would imagine people that are listening maybe struggle with. Sometimes that means it needs to be forgiveness. Yeah. And in the case with Joseph, I do, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. He came to a place where he had already forgiven Um his siblings, probably forgiven his dad for some of the things that happened, and maybe that's a part of what it means to honor your mom and dad is to get to a point of, uh, I'm going to forgive. Yeah, mm. I mean, that was an area that hurt me, but I'm going to let it go. Mm. I, I think that's a really valid point, especially for those maybe whose parents have passed away, you know, and they they never there was never a reconciliation there. But so what do you do with that? Because there's, you know, that's not possible anymore. And so coming to that place of forgiveness and not holding that against them moving into the future, I think, is is a really big thing. And if your parents are still alive and, and you have those challenges, I know I can think of a friend of mine, you know, they're estranged essentially from um, one of their parents and there's there's no real communication there. It sounds simple to say it, but to, to be in that place of prayer for is one way that you can continue to honor them despite they they're abandoning their role as a as a, a godly parent coming to that place of prayer for them um, and that's true actually for any like any uh you know members of our family where that happens uh, for me it was my brother-in-law um you know we realized after a number of years of marriage he been verbally, physically abusing my, my sister. And so that relationship then has been distanced now for over a decade. But we can still we can still pray for that individual. Mm-hmm. And um and so yeah, there's 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 possibilities there still, you know. Yeah. Yeah, certainly are. It's an important place to be able to go. And I do think it comes into that honoring your mother and father. That's that's a part of that commandment. Yeah, for sure. And Mike, you also highlighted um, our responsibility as parents in the fact that God has entrusted us with our kids. I've always felt that that was such a powerful thing. I remember hearing that for the first time a number of years ago, and it really changes your perspective, you know, on and the responsibility there. Um, you know, the fact that God will hold us accountable for what we've done with those relationships. And if I may, I'd, I'd like to even kind of broaden that even to aunties, uncles, grandparents, mentors, anywhere we look that we, we see we have influence over a younger generation. 
So God has entrusted us with those relationships, but what exactly is he calling us to here? You know, what does it look like to steward that role of influence well? And I will answer the question, Will, but first maybe one clarification. Aunties? Aunties. <laughs> <Is that what laughs> oh, <said>? translation. <laughs> yeah, I need a translation for that. In the States, would we call them ants aunties? aunts. aunties? Is that is that good? <laughs> I, I go I go with aunt. Aunties is a new one. Well, there's a new one for you, Mike. Maybe you should drop that out somewhere and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, impress people with your Irish vernacular. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to call my aunt auntie. <laughs> that, that wouldn't go real well. Um, but to the question, yes. um, when we can get past language issues, <laughs> I think that there there are ways that how we can can influence our kids and direct them in the direction uh, of the Lord. What's He calling us to? I think the the clearest one is to live it. Mm. Um, sometimes it's easier to talk about it. It's probably always easier to talk about it. But the the biggest influence in the life of kids is looking at mom and dad. Claim to be following Jesus, are they? And I think it transcends beyond, like you said, beyond mom and dad to what about grandpa and grandma or aunt and uncle. Um, we model what it looks like to follow Jesus. And one of the, the biggest barriers, uh, I read a book recently on people who don't go to church, aren't followers of Jesus, one of the biggest barriers is what they call um, parental hypocrisy. Or family mm. hypocrisy, people who claim to be followers of Jesus, but they really aren't. Um, mm. Their lives aren't any different, and the other generations see that and recognize that oh, really doesn't affect their life. So, mm. one is is my life actually showing that I'm a follower of Jesus? You know, another one is there are just countless opportunities throughout a day, every day, to be able just to point out God. I was talking to a family after the services this week, and they're like, oh, yeah, they had just been to to the Grand Canyon. So I'm asking them a little bit about that. And Dad talked about, he's like, well, one of the things that was amazing about the Grand Canyon is you just, you you, you have to believe in God when you're standing mm. there. Somebody made this. Kids were there, and he had had that conversation with them. Mm. And that was a com- part of their vacation. So I said, what stood out to you uh, about vacation? Grand Canyon. Mm. God. You know, God was there. God made that cool to see that family. What had happened there is, is Dad was using that vacation as an opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to show him, look at God. We see him. He's all around us. But finding, you can find him like that or just little things throughout a day when you can just bring God into um, the conversation as just a normal part of our, our living and being. And then probably the last one that comes to my mind is, well, study it. Especially, I'm thinking in terms of parenting or grandparenting or mentoring. If you want to be really good at something, we do this all the time, right? If somebody says, oh, I want to to plant a garden, never done it before. I want to be able to get good at it. You're going to do some research. Right. right? You're going to research soils. You're going to research fertilizers. You're going to Mm -hmm. research water levels so that you get a level of expertise in this issue. Well, how about these roles in our life? Aren't they more important? Mm. Parents, grandparents, mentors, if you want to do that well, we'll do some research. There are so many good tools out there. It's tremendous. But I would just encourage everyone to be uh, proactive, be an advocate. I want to get good. I want to be a, gr- a good parent. I'm going to read everything I can on this. You know, I remember Sarah and I for 
about a decade, we were reading everything that we could on parenting or podcasts. There are a lot of really good resources out there. Mm. We can learn. Yes. Was there a leading book that you would recommend? I mean, there was a lot, I know. Was there a love, um, Parenting with Love and Logic, is that one? That, that would be a, yeah, that was a really huge one for us, Parenting with Love and Logic. Uh, Shepherding Your Child's Heart was another mm. significant one, getting beyond just external uh, behavior modification and mm-hmm. really trying to shepherd what's inside of them. Um, mm-hmm. We have quite a few of them on the website. Yes, you, that's you, true, under the parenting you, you, page. Yep, if you go into the parenting page <laughs> that have a lot of good resources. But those were two that certainly, Parenting with Love and Logic, Shepherding Your Child's Heart, that were really influential for Sarah and I. Mm. Well, that's so good. I, I always appreciate your transparency in that and your guy's story. I, f- I feel like you got a, a lot of wisdom to give there. And I know for one, for I where I am at in terms of my stage of life with, with our kids, um, yeah, that it's super helpful. So um, I would just say one thing that came to mind just as you were you were talking there, um, you know, about using, speaking about God and vacations and, and things like that. I think our life, you know, when I look back on, on Bridget and I with the kids over the last decade, I think some of our movements, you know, how we felt like God was leading us, but obviously leading us as a family has been a great um opportunity to share of God's provision when God opens a door or when we need somewhere to live. And so um, they've been old enough as we've moved here to start to grasp some of, some of that. So we do bring that up every now and again, you know, about moving to Iowa and being grateful for being able to, to live here and so close to the church and God's provision of a role for dad to, you know. So, um, yeah, I think even your life story sometimes you you just have to there's certain things yes as adults you process together you know and that you don't necessarily share with your kids but certainly god's provision and his leadership in your life i think is a is a is a great thing that you can share with your kids yeah that's really good well yeah, yeah. you're helping shape how they view and see reality you want to be able to see it through the lens of god and how he's been active and involved in your life that's a great wonderful yes Well, thanks again, Mike, for your time today. Appreciate it. And thank you for joining us this week. If you're looking for more opportunities to learn and grow in your relationship with God, why not check out our Ridge University page on the Ridge uh, website? There are a variety of spaces to get get plugged into um, uh, for the fall. So whether it be engaging with the Bible, wrestling with big questions of faith, or experiencing more of the Holy Spirit, whatever it is and wherever you are with God, there's a place for you. So check it out and see how God wants to work in you this fall. So thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at The Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.